It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. Thank you for joining us for a Tuesday edition of our podcast. Hope you've had a great week. Uh, Debate number one is in the books on the GOP presidential primary side of things. I was actually in Wisconsin, uh, went there with my wife for work purposes with Fox, but went back to the hotel to watch the debate uh, and do some video calls with some college students um, who were holding debate parties. So I was not anywhere near the stage. I was not in the auditorium. Um, I was perhaps like some of you watching it on television. And like I am prone to do from time to time, I like to give caveats. Number one, it's hard to be on national television. Uh, There are folks who make it seem effortless and easy, uh, but it's hard, uh, particularly if you don't do it for a living. It's hard to speak with no notes. It's hard to kind of prioritize all the different things that your advisors and your strategists and all that are telling you to, you know, make sure you say this, make sure you don't say that. It's hard. I've seen I've seen friends that were running for president that you put them at a dinner table and they are funny and they are engaging and they are spontaneous. And then you get them overcoached. And they're like a zombie. It's hard. It's hard to have command over every issue. It's hard to to get it done in a certain time frame. Running for office is hard. Running for president is exceedingly hard. So with all of those caveats, I'll give you my take on it, and then you can give me your take on it. Every one of the eight candidates on stage, to me, have at least one thing in common. Every one of them. They're all significantly behind the front runner. Donald Trump is up and not by just a little bit. He's up by a lot. In fact, some polling indicates if you add the support for everyone else, it doesn't equal the support for the former president. So I don't think anyone's going to like contradict me on this, that President Trump is the prohibitive favorite right now. He's certainly the front runner. And and so whoever is not the front runner, yeah, I mean, it can be close or you can be way back. And right now they're way back. So the debate to me was not so much, you know, wanting to watch someone who's at 7% in the polls argue with someone who's at 5% in the polls. But, I mean, because you and I are, like only five points below that. Whoever's at 5% in the polls, I mean, you and I are only five points back and we're not even running. We're sitting on zero. So, I mean, why would we want to watch two people who aren't anywhere near the lead argue with one another unless, unless, unless they're going to make the case that they have significant differences from the front runner. And that's why I was watching the debate. I wanted 
these candidates to make the case that he or she should be first in the polls. Not, you know, barely making the debate stage, but I should be first. I should supplant the former president. I should supplant and eclipse the front runner. I should be the nominee. So, I mean, I left still kind of wondering what are the policy differences between each one of these candidates and the former president? We know the policy differences, I'll just say hypothetically, between former governor, former U.N. ambassador Nikki Haley and entrepreneur Vivek Ramaswamy. We know that they have different views on Ukraine, uh, perhaps Taiwan as well, U.S. intervention worldwide. But what are their differences with Trump? What are their differences? <laughs> President Trump is winning. So why are you not at least training some of your attention on the person who is winning? Here's another point. In announcing that he would not attend the debates, the former president said this in a social media post. The public knows who I am and what a successful presidency I had with energy independence, strong borders and military, biggest ever tax and regulation cuts, no inflation, strongest economy in history, and much more. And then he goes on to announce that he will therefore not be participating in the debates. And he says debates plural. Um, He can always change his mind. Maybe it's a typo. I don't know. Um, I'll skip out all the, like, all caps parts of that post he made on social media. But that's what he said. The public knows who I am. And then he proceeded to list his perspective on the success he had as the as the president. So if he's right and I'm a debate moderator or I'm you or I'm me and I'm watching, if he's right with everything he just said, then why fill in the blank? Are you running? Why insert other candidates name? Why are you running if it is indeed true that under him, there was energy independence, strong borders, strong military, biggest ever tax and regulation cuts, no inflation, strongest economy in history. If the economy is the number one issue, and it is, and he had the strongest economy in history, which is what he is saying, then why fill in the blank candidate XYZ are you running? My guess is, my guess is, that those running would say a couple things. Either that post on social media is inaccurate. While there were some good parts of your presidency, there were some parts where we could have done a lot better. They would either say that, or they would say, you're right, Mr. President, all of what you said is correct. You've you know, suggested that you were the best president in the history of mankind, but you're unelectable. So those, to me, are the options for the other candidates to either disagree with his assessment of his first four years or to agree with the assessment, but say there won't be another four years because you are not electable. I just I have not heard it. I have not heard a single one of the challengers. And I say challengers because he's a front runner. I haven't heard a single challenger say former President Trump is wrong on this policy. He is wrong on this program. He is wrong on this initiative. Honestly, one of the candidates on that debate stage in Wisconsin sounds more pro-Trump than Trump does. 
So it does beg the question, why are you running? Or perhaps, perhaps the position is, it was a wonderful four years, but you're not electable, and I am. But I still don't hear that argument being made. We'll be right back with more of the Trey Gowdy Podcast. I'm Charles Payne. Listen to my Unstoppable Prosperity Podcast so I can get you making money right now. Whether stocks are hitting new all-time highs or in free-fall mode, opportunities abound. So why are so many potential investors still sitting on the sidelines? In a new season of my podcast, I'm going to get you in the game. After 38 years on Wall Street, I'm ready to impart some lessons and get you invested in the greatest wealth-generating machine in history. Listen anytime, everywhere at foxbusinesspodcast.com or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Here's another point. Nearly every one of the candidates on stage in Wisconsin raised his or her hand. Not everyone. There were a couple of exceptions, but nearly every one of the candidates on that stage raised his or her hand and said, in essence, symbolically, through a gesture, I will support the president, President Trump, even if he is convicted. I do not know the rationale for their raising their hands. Perhaps they believe the indictments are legally or factually flawed. Perhaps they believe even a convicted Donald Trump is better than a Democrat alternative. I can't read their minds and I'm not going to try. It's not fair to them. I just know what I saw. But it also leads to this question, and perhaps you have it as well. If these candidates will support the former president, even if he is convicted at trial, then almost necessarily so, too, will his current supporters. If your opponents are going to support you, even if you're convicted, then your supporters are most definitely going to support you, even if you are convicted. And if your opponents say, we're going to keep you no matter what, then I'll bet you your supporters are also saying we're going to keep you no matter what, which again raises the question, why are they running? If you have differences in policy, what are they? If you think you're more electable, say so. If you think someone's status as a convicted felon changes things, then say so. Otherwise, to me, it's just a group that is way behind. And President Trump supporters are likely to remain with him no matter what. But certainly until you make a compelling argument for change. And I don't even hear the candidates like attempting to make the argument. It is almost as if they are running in a different race from the one that he's in. They're, they're running to be the subnominee. That said, we are early in the process. Perhaps all of what I am looking for, the contrast, I, I, I'm not a big fan of mindless conflict. I'm not a big fan of actually some of what I heard on the debate stage. I mean, I, you know, I'm not going to call any names, but you don't have to listen to this podcast very, very long to know who one of my favorite people in the world is. And the suggestion that he's bought and paid for by anyone or the suggestion that he's not fiscally conservative um, is just is lunacy. I mean, that's something you would expect to get from your opponents, from your enemies, not from fellow Republicans. But we're early in the process. So perhaps this contrast will come. 
Or perhaps I'm just dead wrong. Perhaps I'm the only one out there that is wondering, why am I not hearing any differences at all? I mean, he was the nominee. He he won the presidency. He was the nominee. He lost the presidency. He's the overwhelming front runner right now. And yet you're running. So why? Why are you running? Give us your rationale. Policies, initiatives, programs, electability, flawed status as someone who's indicted, flawed status as someone who's been convicted. I I don't care what the rationale is. Just give us the rationale. Or maybe I missed it. Maybe there are lots and lots of differences, and I just was like not paying attention like I should have been. And hopefully one of y'all will be good enough to, because I I do want to get it right. So hopefully one of y'all will be good enough to let me know. So we'll close with this. Unless and until, this is just me, you may have a different perspective, but unless and until other candidates start making the case for themselves, I don't really see the polling changing a whole lot. Um, but that's my take on it. Let me know what your take on it is. And I hope you have a fantastic last week in August. If you're in the path of the hurricane, um, all the best. Wish you well. Hope it somehow diverts path. If you are in the extreme heat, um, autumn is coming. That's what I keep telling myself. It's 100 degrees. It was like 100 degrees in Wisconsin. I just got to keep reminding myself autumn is coming. Y'all take care. We'll see you next week. Listen ad-free with a Fox News Podcast Plus subscription on Apple Podcasts. And Amazon Prime members can listen to this show ad-free on the Amazon Music app. From the Fox News Podcasts Network, subscribe and listen to the Trey Gowdy Podcast. Former federal prosecutor and four-term U.S. congressman from South Carolina brings you a -a one-of-a-kind podcast. Subscribe and listen now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com.